Hello, and welcome to the Cubs PS Plus podcast. I'm your host, Mike Waller. In the first episode of this podcast, I want to talk about trades. We're coming up on the trade deadline, and there are all kinds of rumors that Wilson Contreras, Ian Happ, and others may get traded. A lot of those make perfect sense. David Robertson, Chris Martin, some of those bullpen guys on one-year contracts really should be traded. That would be hot commodities at the deadline. The Cubs could get good return back for them. But I want to talk about some of the position players because there are two aspects of trades as we saw last year when Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, and Javi Baez were all traded. When a trade happens, the first question is, what's the return? So the return for Chris Bryant was Caleb Killian and Alexander Canario. The return for Javi Baez was Pete Crow Armstrong, affectionately known as PCA. When we look at those trades, um, we look at the return, we look at the player that we gave up. And, but we also need to look at what's the trade for the major league team at that moment. Now, last year, it didn't matter. The team was struggling to hit. They had lost 11 straight um, towards the end of June, early July. And then just need to shake things up. It was, it was clear that those three were not going to be re-signed. And it was clear that there would be a market for them at the deadline. So the trades were made. Um, time will tell if the Cubs won those trades or lost those trades. Um, Caleb Killian has been up in the majors a little bit, struggled in a few starts. Did have one good outing against the Cardinals. Alexander Canario looks good in the minor leagues. That's all going pretty well, but he's still a couple years away from the big leagues. Pete Crow Armstrong, he's rising through the ranks fast, recently got a promotion. He's playing very well. But again, he's not going to be in the majors till you know, maybe late 2023, probably 2024. So what was the trade for the major league team? Well, with Chris Bryant gone... You know, he was bouncing around, playing multiple positions. With him playing left field, playing some third base, playing some right field, even some center, the Cubs were using him like like a utility, versatile, sort of Ben Zobrist type player. But really, you know, it, it has amounted to almost a swap of Chris Bryant for Patrick Wisdom. And in their right mind, I don't think anybody would make that trade straight up. But when you really look at the numbers, um, it's not so crazy. Going back to the start of the 2021 season, and these are stats as of um, Thursday before games were played, both Chris Bryant and Patrick Wisdom uh, were right around 690 plate appearances. Chris Bryant has more hits. Patrick Wisdom has 19 more home runs than Chris Bryant does. And when you really look at their whole numbers, you know, Chris Bryant's got an 816 OPS for a 118 OPS plus. Patrick Wisdom has an OPS of 808 with a 116 OPS plus. Patrick Wisdom has slightly more war, a little bit better defensively. Um, the big trade-off is, you know, Patrick Wisdom is giving you a lot more power than Chris Bryant did. Batting average on balls and play is about the same. Patrick Wisdom's strikeout rate is obviously much higher, although he has cut that down this season. Um, and really, when you look at the total cost, you know, the Rockies went out and are paying Chris Bryant $37.5 million this year. Patrick Wisdom's making 730000 Now, Going back, I would prefer maybe to have not made that trade. I'm still a big Chris Bryant fan. He just can't stay healthy, and that's affected his numbers. So, you know, did the Cubs lose a lot in that trade? I'm not sure they did. Patrick Wisdom is, is playing, showing that he can be a legitimate major league player, um, maybe in an ideal situation on a good team. He'd be more of a platoon starter as opposed to every day. But he's showing that he can be an, an above-average major league hitter. Similarly, look at Javi Baez, and he was, you know, probably should have been MVP in 2018. 
has had ups and downs since then. Um, when he's hot, and there's nobody better. Um, when he's cold, he can just you know, disappear offensively for weeks at a time. When you look at the comparison, Javi to Nico, I had expected coming into the season that you know it was going to be a negative defensively. I thought Horner would be okay, but yes, there are just plays that Javi makes that other people just can't make. And that's really not panned out. I mean, you look at the seasons they've had. Um, Javi Baez had a particularly bad season this year. You know, his OPS was only 605 when he's, he's usually up in the well up in the 800s. 0.3 WAR. He's got a 72 OPS plus, which basically means he's 25% worse than the average hitter in baseball. And Nico has been a contact machine. You know, his strikeout rate is less than half of Javi's. Batting average on balls in play is 327, 2.5 war, 109 OPS plus. And you look defensively, he's actually providing more defensive value this year than Javi is to the Detroit Tigers. So these are good examples that when you make those trades, you may even do okay in the short term. Now the long term is hopefully, you know, PCA, Canario, Killian, um, you know, the Kevin Alcantara and Vizca, you know, that they got for Rizzo, if those guys pan out and become you know, legitimate players later. But when you look at this team, they're not losing because of the guys they traded last year. They're losing because lack of pitching depth. They're losing because 80% of their expected starting rotation has spent most of the season hurt. The bullpen has been great, but at times they've been seriously overworked when the Cubs hit that 10-game losing streak and they were just getting crushed in New York, and they got pounded by Baltimore, and just on and on through that stretch. The the bullpen was overworked. You know, the starters couldn't, the fill-in starters couldn't get through five innings. They're just eating up inning after inning after inning, day after day. And you know, you face good teams, and you're going to get hammered. But since then, the starters have gone a little bit deeper. The bullpen's rebounded and performing better. Um, but really, the challenge with this team is they came in with such a small margin for error. They came in, when I looked at this team before the season, I thought, best case, you know, if Wade Miley has a solid year, Hendricks rebounds, Marcus Stroman is Marcus Stroman, and they get anything from, you know, uh, Al Zalai continues to be a middle-of-the-rotation middle starter. You get something out of Keegan Thompson and Justin Steele, and they thought they had a chance to be decent, you know, maybe, maybe contend in a weak division, maybe fight you know, into September for one of those last wild cards, especially with the expanded playoffs this year. But when you take a team like that that had a fairly low ceiling to start with, and then, you know, you take away 80% of the expected starting rotation for most of the year with Smiley being hurt, Miley being hurt, Alzelay not pitching at all this year, Stroman being on the shelf most of the season, now Hendricks is hurt. Um, the team just can't recover from that. I mean, if you take if you take the Dodgers or the Yankees and knock, you know, four starters out of their rotation, you know, the performance is going to suffer. So when I look at that and I look at the results this season, for a while I was I was encouraged early. You know, some of the veterans they picked up, Jonathan Jonathan VR got off to a hot start. Um, Schwindel started cold, but you know, in sort of wisdom. Um, Ortega had the struggles. Um, then there was a stretch, that 10-game losing streak, just seeing, I love Jason Hayward. He should be a coach on this team, give him a front office job, um, do anything but start him in right field. 
Um, they went through that stretch, and there was just way too much Jason Hayward, Jonathan VR in the starting lineup. Since then, you know, when Hayward got hurt, um, the Cubs let VR go. Christopher Morrell came up has been has been an absolute revelation. And all of a sudden, you know, there, there's some stuff working on this team. You know, Rafael Ortega has rebounded. He's having a really solid season. Patrick Wisdom is hitting at Chris Bryant levels, believe it or not, albeit not the MVP Chris Bryant levels. But there's a lot to like with this team. Christopher Morrell has given them a spark. Nico Horner continues to hit. He's been able to stay healthy, knock on wood, so far. Um, Alfonso Rivas has shown decent bat. Wilson Contreras is having the best season of his career. Ian Happ has finally um, you know, become more consistent and become that player I think everybody thought he could be. There are pieces on this team. You know, this team is not going to have a red-hot second half and fight back into playoff contention. And not all these players will be part of the next great Cubs team. I don't, you know, I don't think you're looking at that core. But some of these people will be. And as we head to the deadline, some of the questions the Cubs are going to be facing are what to do with Ian Happ, what to do with Wilson Contreras. You know, the conventional wisdom says trade Contreras. He's the best hitting catcher in baseball by a mile. He's going to be the best available catcher at the deadline. He's somebody who can help you at DH. He can catch. Um, you know, he's, re- he's really improved as a catcher the last couple of years. And it makes a lot of sense. The Cubs would get a pretty good haul for him. But I don't think the Cubs have to be looking at a three- to four-year rebuild. I think this is a team that's got pieces. I think this team needs a couple more bats. I think this team has a lot of pieces that I can say Suzuki is going to settle out and be a solid major league hitter. Um potentially even a star. He's shown some real flashes this week after coming back from injury. And I don't I don't understand the logic of taking the approach the Cubs did this offseason. You, know, you sign Stroman to a multi-year contract. You go get Seiya Suzuki, the best player coming over from Japan, just to sell it back to the studs this year. Um, I think it would make a lot of sense to extend Contreras. I think and hopefully this hamstring injury he has right now proves to be pretty minor and is back soon. But I think the Cubs have shown that with a quality backup, which a lot of us were pining for the last several years, with Jan Gomes in there, able to spell him, P.J. Higgins able to get in there and, and do some things, it's freed up Contreras to be D.H., save, save the wear and tear on his legs. And it's really paid off offensively for the Cubs. And I think he's somebody who wants to be a leader. I look at what he's done with Christopher Morrell. Um, they seem very, very tight. I think he's somebody that the young players can look up to. I think he wants to lead this team. I think he wants to be in Chicago. So I don't see any reason why he shouldn't be in Chicago. It's going to cost the Cubs some money. So if you look at the highest paid catchers, you know, JT Romuto is making $23 million, almost $24 million. Wilson Contreras is already second at nine. He's going to get paid. If the Cubs pay him $25 million over five years, six years, that's you know $150 million. That's not going to dent the Cubs payroll. The Cubs are already in a position where they're going to have $100, $150 million to spend next year. When I look at their current payroll, the Cubs total payroll this year is $150 million. You know, the luxury tax threshold is $230 million. I'm sure it'll go up a little bit next year. That gives them, you know, $80 million to spend. Jason Hayward's contract is still there, but they are going to lose some of the contracts, but they've got money to spend. You know, they go spend $25 million on 
Wilson Contreras, you know, that's a net increase of $16 million. So the 150 goes to 165. Take Ian Happ, you know, his last RB year, he's making just under 7 million. Um, you know, put him out on the open market. You know, he's, he's still got one more year under team control. But after that, you know, maybe he's a $12, $14 million player. Just extend it now. Lock that money in. Lock in that core. If they extend those two guys, you would have Seiya Suzuki in right field. You would have Ian Happ in left. Wilson Contreras catching in DH. And Nico Horner can play all over the infield. He's shown he can play a solid shortstop, but if the Cubs go in this offseason and, and chase after a Carlos Correa or one of the other top shortstops out there, you know, Horner can move back to second base where he showed he was an amazing, you know, had an amazing glove over there. He could play third. Carlos Correa could play third base. There are tons of options. You know, I think I think Wisdom and Ortega, if they're not traded, look like guys who can be platoon starters. Alfonso Rivas, same. You know, he doesn't hit lefties very well, but he, he can hit right-handed pitching. So any of those give the Cubs cheap, controlled options. That's some pretty key positions. You know, one of the disappointing things this season is we don't really know what Nick Madrigal is yet. You know, he got off to a really slow start. It's been hurt. I don't, I don't think he's a guy that you write down in ink, lock him in at second base, and forget everything. I think he's a guy that could get traded again, could could come back healthy and tear it up. Hopefully that happens. You know, Christopher Morrell is a natural third baseman, but he's played a lot of second base. He's played some center field. We've seen Nelson Velasquez do some good things. He's got a good power bat. Um, needs to mature as a hitter, obviously, and, and the rest of the season facing major league pitching is certainly going to help that growth curve. Hopefully Brendan Davis... Uh, gets back healthy after his back surgery. You know, it's a lost season for him, but hopefully he might be able to make a run at the big leagues next year. And the Cubs outfield is strong. Um, other guys coming up, you know, PCA looks like he could be, you know, center fielder for the next 10 years. The way he plays defense, if, if that bat continues to grow and mature, he looks really good. You, know, you look at the starting rotation, you know, Keegan Thompson has shown that he's a legitimate major league starter. Justin Steele, the same. You know, get Marcus Stroman back and healthy. There are going to be a number of interesting number two, number three starter types out on the market. The Cubs may not head into 2023 with, you know, a, a Jacob DeGrom type ace. But I think there's every possibility that they could wind up with three, four guys who could be, you know, two, three type starters. We'll see what Kyle Hendricks is. And with the emergence of Steele, Keegan Thompson, if Stroman can come back healthy, grab another arm, you, know, you don't need Kyle Hendricks to be the opening day ace. Maybe he still starts opening day, but in terms of him being the the stopper, the ace, the you know the John Lester, the Jake Arrieta, he doesn't have to be that guy. You know, and I'll, I'll take Kevin, Kyle Hendricks as you know my number three, number four, number five any day. So the, you know the Cubs have shown that they can develop a bullpen. Um, they've gotten really good results from the pitch lab. They finally have young arms coming up through the system. Scott Evros looks fantastic. Um, they've done great things with Chris Martin and David Robertson. And the Cubs have a lot of young arms coming up the system. I think we're going to start to see more and more of those guys over the next couple of years. And I don't think the bullpen is something the Cubs really have to worry about that much. So when it comes to the trade deadline, you know, my hope is I expect that they'll trade the relief pitchers. If Miley and Smiley can come back, have a couple good starts in July, show that they're back and healthy. They might be trade material. The Cubs have gotten to this point without them most of the season anyway. 
and it just opens up spots. You know, hopefully we'll see more Caleb Killian starts. Hopefully we'll, you know, I really like what I've seen from Adrian Sampson the last couple outings. Matt Swarmer does seem to work pretty well out of the bullpen, so hopefully he'll stay in that role. But, you know, at some point maybe he gets back to starting. He did have a couple starts. But he's probably going to need to develop a third pitch. But I think the Cubs have a lot of pieces. I think this does not need to be a complete teardown. You know, all of a sudden if you trade Ian Happ and Wilson Contreras, you know, now you're trying to restock the catcher position. You're trying to find a left fielder all while you're maybe still looking for a shortstop. Now instead of having to find, you know, maybe one more big bat, maybe one more leadoff type, one more big power bat, now you're looking at replacing, you know, two or three of your guys with the most power. All of a sudden you're down to, you know, Nico Horner and say a Suzuki, and now that's not a good start, but it's a lot better if you have uh, Nico Horner and Christopher Morrell and say a Suzuki and Ian Happ and Wilson Contreras. You know, that that's, that's a major league lineup starter kit right there. So it'll be interesting to see what the Cubs do. Um, coming off four straight series wins, this team's a lot of fun to watch right now. Got beat by the Dodgers last night in L.A., which was not surprising. But they did have, you know, some moments in that game. They, they fell behind early, but Mark Leiter Jr. was able to keep things, keep the game relatively close. Christopher Morrell came up with another absolute shot in the game, and it was, you know, really great to see. Um, in the ninth inning, the Cubs rallied consecutive hits by Happen Suzuki. They were able to chase Craig Kimbrell out of the game before ultimately coming up short when Nelson Velasquez struck out looking. Um, you know, it's a learning experience for him. But I think we'll see if the Cubs can salvage a game or two in L.A. and head into the All-Star break. Not the way they wanted to, but certainly I think we look at this season, the season was about questions. How many questions can we answer? What kind of answers are we finding? You know, the, the, the answers could, could have gone either way. The answers could have been yes or no. Are, are these guys, are, are the, you know, we came into the season. I wanted to find out more about Michael Hermosillo. I wanted to find out more about Rafael Ortega. I wanted to find out, you know, was the second half last year from Frank Schwindel who he is, or was that a fluke? Is Patrick Wisdom a legitimate major league hitter? Can Nico Horner play shortstop? Is Nick Madrigal a major league hitter or, is he just going to have too much weak contact? Can Keegan Thompson and Justin or, and or Justin Steele stick in the rotation? You know, we had all these questions, and you know, there's some yeses and some noes. You know, Michael Hermosillo has been hurt. Um, I'm not sure we've seen enough from Frank Schwindel. You know, he was got off to a terrible start, did have a little hot streak in there, then got hurt. We'll see what happens when he comes back. Christopher Morrell wasn't even a question and thought about asking, but he, you know, that's been a resounding yes so far. He's showing to be a really good player. Very versatile, energetic, spark. You know, he's kind of what this team needs. You know, Nico Horner can play shortstop. Patrick Wisdom is a major league hitter. Ian Happ can put together a successful season. Rafael Ortega is absolutely a platoon level player. You know, there's been a lot of positive things on this team and that, you know, just because a guy shows he's a guy doesn't mean that he's, you know, part of the central core. It's not like they're gonna go into next season. Okay, Ortega's got center field on lockdown. Patrick Wisdom has third. You know, you're not just going to run it back with the same guys. But we've shown that there are the Cubs have shown that there are different pieces that can mix and match. They've shown that there are major league parts here. Some of those major league parts will get traded. Um, but I think on the whole, I, I'm I've been much more optimistic the last week or two than I certainly was during the 10-game losing streak. I was looking at some of those lineups they were putting out there, and you know, the way they were all playing. You, know, you roll out multiple days in the series, and you've got Jason Hayward and Jonathan VR in that lineup. 
you're you're just not you're just not seriously trying to get a read on kids. Um, I was not happy earlier this season when they decided to, to DFA Clint Frazier. You know, he's a guy I thought, especially coming back after the appendectomy, he he needs the bats. He's you know not succeeded in the past, but he was a high round draft pick. He's got a very high ceiling, a lot of power. Maybe he's not going to pan out, but I think you have to take those chances. I think you have to take a look and see what's there. And I certainly would be way more interested in watching him hit 210 with a you know 82 OPS plus than you know continue to watch Jason Hayward in right field. You know I like Jason Hayward. He's done some things for this team. He seems like a great dude. I think he's a leader. I think he's great with young players. He's just not a starting right fielder anymore, and he hasn't been for a couple of years. I think it's it's time to move on now. Personally, I would prefer to see you know, if, they, if the Cubs can work something out and get him into you know retirement, put him in the front office, put him in a coaching role, or you know designate him for assignment. See if somebody claims him on waivers, which they likely won't because of his salary. But then the Cubs can wind up giving him his release, and if you know. I, would not surprise me if a healthy Jason Hayward got some interest from some contenders to play for league minimum salary. You know, there, there is a point where he has value. It's just not at $25 million. So those are my thoughts today. This is my first episode of Cubs PS Plus. Please like and subscribe. I'm very open to feedback. So if you have any, please feel free to drop a review. Tell me what you liked, what you didn't like. Hope you all have a great weekend and go Cubs. <laughs>